when people asked me like why are you there or like why Bulgaria at the start I wasn't sure but then I knew it was gonna be amazing um obviously it's not like going to Rome or going to like Milan you know but it's a gem it's like one of those cities that you have to be there and immerse yourself in like the culture and the people and like if you have a good like connection, I mean, good good people that you would know, this, the, the city is amazing, you know. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking to an old mate of the show. His name is Ross Magne, and he is a Melbourne chef. But today we find him far, far away in Fair Sofia, Bulgaria. Rossi, welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning from my side. Good evening from my side. <laughs> uh it's great to hear your voice. I've been watching your adventures on Instagram. I mean, it all seems pretty deluxe, but I'm sure you're working very hard in the meantime. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, because I, I flew over here in June to to open a summer restaurant with um, this uh, amazing chef, Bjana. And yeah, we started this uh, summer pop-up in a seaside uh, in a hotel, a relax. Then, yeah, um, it was so much fun opening a restaurant here. I mean, yeah, doing like a little pop-up. Um, looked like a lot of fun on Instagram, but, yeah, we were working like every day for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I remember in June or, you know, the months before that when you were trying to leave, it's like it, it, reflecting on it now, it just feels a bit like a different age. Like you were desperately trying to get vaccinated. It was just like the total run around. It was just, you know, there were no vaccines around. It was, you know all that should I should I get Astra kind of vibe it was all super stressful and then you managed to get over there and then you know we went back into lockdown and you were just living that beach life I felt so glad for you that you managed to get out and and do that yeah it was amazing because yeah I remember we we were uh, messaging each other about the vaccine and I was like oh yeah you should go there get that get the vaccine and I was like oh no I'm getting stressed about this vaccine because the thing was, I got approved to leave Australia the same week, and I'm like, shit, like, I need to sort myself out. Um, and it wasn't a requirement to get a vaccine, but in my head, I wanted to get it because it's important for me. Um, so I got one shot before I left, <laughs> luckily, and then I've got my second shot here like two months ago, so double vax, baby. <laughs> That's good. It's a good feeling. So I, I'm really interested to hear about, you know, Bulgarian hospo life. I mean, what's it like over there, especially in in this particular crazy time in world history? Well, I mean, at the moment it's, so there was a period here. So when I arrived, it was basically, um, I came over, I spent two weeks in Sofia in the city because the, where I ran the restaurant was in the seaside in Suzopol, which was like three, four hour drive out. Um, and everything seems normal, but then kind of, uh, well, the restaurants were open, the bars were open. Um, when, yeah, when I arrived, it was kind of like people living their lives. But then the thing is when there's a lockdown here, which is kind of like, yeah, you need the green pass and all that. And the bars close at 11, but then, you know, (laughs) there's always the, but so it's, it's a totally different culture from Australia, you know, like it's not as strict, but then, yeah, with the, with hospitality, it's kind of like, um, like the food is amazing here. The produce is great. Um, the super traditional food is amazing. Like when I arrived, like I've never eaten like better tomatoes and cucumber in my life, really. 
when I arrived here. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. The produce was amazing. Um, but restaurant-wise, like, there's not a lot of restaurants you can go to. Like, obviously, in Australia, we're super blessed to go to, like, every corner. There's an amazing wine bar. There's an amazing restaurant. You know, here it's kind of like you need to find, like, a good spot. You know what I mean? If you want to enjoy, like, a nice wine with, like, nice food and stuff. But the, the super traditional food is amazing. Um, and have you been able to bring any of your Filipino heritage over to Bulgaria? Yes. So when we when we did the seaside restaurant, it was kind of um, it was a bit tricky because a it was harder it's harder to find the produce. You know, like you can't just get lemongrass anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of like okay, we do, I do this style of food, but I had to adjust to. What I can get, I mean, the style of the service, the style of people that, that come to eat. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of, um, yeah, we did, like, lechon in the seaside, stuff like that, you know. I did some, like, um, grilled prawns with some Balinese kind of Filipino influence. But, yeah, we kind of uh, mixed it with some with some other stuff. Not totally, not just, like, Asian because, yeah, it, it wasn't kind of the, the thing, you know, especially when you're cooking in the seaside, you kind of have to have, like, to cater to the people that come, if that makes sense. Sure. And who who goes to the Bulgarian seaside? Is it European tourists? Yeah, so it's just like people from everywhere, actually. Um, Romania, um, like there's a lot of Italian people come, French people come. And basically what happens is like everyone from Sofia, the big cities, when it's summer, everyone's at the seaside because everyone has their like houses there and just they just spend like three months in the seaside and just hang out there, which is pretty amazing you know bulgaria's got a real place in my heart as well and it's a multi-generational one because when when i was a kid i always heard stories from my mom she grew up in england and she worked for a travel company when she was you know she'd left school uh and she led tours to Bulgaria, to the seaside, to um, Zlatni Piazzi. Yeah, Zlatni Piazzi. So it needs golden sand. So I always grew up as a kid hearing this um, word, which I continue to mangle. But um, just this sense that my mum had this job that was, I don't know, had a little bit of glamour associated with it. But, I mean, that was, that was in, you know, it was behind the Iron Curtain in those days. It was... Um, yeah, not everyone would go there. But then it, it was also my first destination uh, when I was a travel writer. It was the first overseas destination that I went to. I got I was randomly sent to Bulgaria. That was not long after the fall of communism. And it was a real, it felt like a real frontier. Like it was, everything was, like the mafia was so structured that they had billboards and ads on bus shelters. The The roads were just very lawless. Um, I just remember like getting up and going to some little like coffee stand and there'd just be like 30 guys standing around doing shots. It was, um, (laughs) I loved it. Um, But I remember jumping into the uh, Black Sea. It was like April, it was freezing and like on a dare, someone dared me to jump in. So I jumped in, it was like, 10 degrees was absolutely freezing. I can still, I could still, it still catches me in the chest as I even think about it. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a kind of, kind of wild. It was really hard going as a travel writer because, um, yeah, because yeah, everything was pretty loose and sketchy, but 
it was amazing. People were amazing. And yeah, I also remember really beautiful, simple, you know, fresh food, different season to when you you were there. But, uh, but yeah, it really, it really warmed me and I felt really fortunate to have that experience. Yeah, yeah totally. That's the thing. It's like when people ask me like, why are you there? Or like, why Bulgaria? And at the start, I wasn't sure, but then I knew it was going to be amazing. Um, obviously it's not like going to Rome or going to like Milan, you know, but it's a gem. It's like one of those cities that you have to be there and immerse yourself in like the culture and the people. And like, if you have a good like connection, I mean, good, good people that you would know is the, the city is amazing. You know, for example, like with me, like super blessed to have worked with Bujana, the, the person who's actually brought me over here. And it's been a crazy ride. Cause like I've been here for maybe five months now, right? Five, six months. And then, yeah, we did the seaside. And then at the moment, we're doing the private supper clubs. And we're working on a cookbook, actually. I haven't told you. Are you? Yeah, we've been shooting this cookbook for three weeks straight. We've been like long days, and it's amazing. And the shots are amazing. The food, like the food that um, that we've done at the seaside and like some recipes from me, you know, like it's a bit of a mix of everything. And like the guys. Is it in English or? So the plan now is in Bulgarian, but then we have the rights to the book. So my plan now is like when I go back to find a publisher to help us publish it in English. That's so cool. Yeah. So, so it's just basically, is it a record of this time or is it just everything you've always wanted to put in a book? Like what's the concept of the book? Well, well the concept is basically, it's crazy. It's just like a concept of uh, Bajana and I meeting and like um, this, yeah, the books about her and I and like, what we've done at the seaside and the recipes of mine, like with my mom's recipe and her family's recipe, like recipes that she's done on MasterChef because she won MasterChef three, four years ago, like stuff like that, you know? Yeah, so she's um, she's amazing. So she won MasterChef. Um, yeah, she's a bit of a celebrity chef here. But then, yeah, it's amazing that, yeah, we just like, okay, one day she, I just got back from Paris uh, and she's like, all right, we're doing a cookbook. I'm like, yeah, we're doing a cookbook. Are you sure? You know, it's pretty... It's pretty hectic, you know, like it takes months and months to, I'm like, we'll do it in like three weeks. I'm like, oh, long days, man, long, long days of shooting, but it's all worth it because now the photos are out and we've seen it and then we've got this guy that's helping us to put the book together and it's, it looks amazing, really. I can't wait to see it. So how did you meet Bajana? Um, basically, uh, I didn't meet her before I came, so that's another catch, right? So we have a mutual friend, this guy Tom, Tom which is an amazing chef as well. He's an Australian guy, um, but he lives in Russia. But then she basically phoned him to ask him if he knew anyone that would come, who does Asian food, blah, blah, blah. And then basically he recommended me and that's it. And then she rang me. She's like, do you want to come to Bulgaria? And another time I'm like, where? I was like, <laughs> I wasn't sure where he was. And I was like, ah, okay, I'll come. Because, yeah, because at the time it was um, – COVID just hit and I was supposed to move to Paris to do the wine bar thing. And then it got, it got canceled because yeah, the week that I was about to leave COVID hit and I was kind of like, you know, lost for like a month or two. And then, yeah, and then she called me and then it was such hard process to get me out. You know, it took us like six months for all the paperwork from her side as well. And obviously me leaving Australia was super hard. So mm. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm doing a bit of a sort of sub-theme on the podcast at the moment about career paths and, you know, people that, you know, work in hospitality and, and, and go a different way. I mean, 
how do you see your career? Like, do you, you know, do you have a plan? Are you just doing the thing that comes next? Is it a, is it like a, a tool that you can use to find adventure? I mean, what, what, how are you sort of, you know, threading this story of yours together? Yeah, well, yeah, totally. Because I was thinking about it the other day, actually, because obviously the last four or five years I was a rice paper, you know, like I think I was head chef when I was 23, 24, which is like pretty young. So I was kind of like, and I always wanted to travel. Like I've done events here and there and I'm always passionate about that. And I think for chef, it's just, it's super important to travel and see the world. You know what I mean? Um, and there was such a feeling inside me that I was like, oh, I'm getting too comfortable with what I'm doing. So that's why I decided to do the Paris thing, right? And then with the Bulgaria opportunity, it was kind of like, because deep inside me, I was like, why would I leave if I was like in a good position here to do my own thing, you know? But then I was like, nah, just go see the world, cook and be uncomfortable again. And I haven't, because I haven't really like cooked properly for like the last three, four years, you know, it's all about like, managing people, food costing and this and that. And then when I got to the seaside, I had to cook properly like a, you know, like in a section and have to be super organized, you know? So that for me was amazing. Cause like, you know, I was stressed again and I was, you know, uncomfortable. I'm like, shit, can I do it? I'm like, yeah, you can do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, big news actually. So plan is after here. So I'm doing the cookbook here now and um, so we're doing the supper club dinners in a restaurant. Really? Give us the scoop. Yeah. So basically, um, my ex-boss, uh, which I think you've met, Shane. So we're doing a a, a restaurant in a, in on where is it? I can't even remember. It's off Hardware Lane. So basically, Filipino Malaysian food with um, wood fire oven, charcoal grill. Some wines and uh, some good cocktails, and uh, yeah, we just want to make it fun, great vibe, and um, yeah, make it make it fun again, pretty much. So I love it. Yeah, so plan is to uh, open this restaurant in. Yeah, we already we already signed the lease, so it's gonna happen. It's really it's real. Wow! So it's off Hardware Lane. Yeah, off Hardware Lane. I can't remember what lane it is. It's like like Tipo side. There's a laneway there before the uh, Osteria Laneway. I don't know where that is actually. Oh yeah. It's at Rankin's Lane, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And it used to be an old gelato place. Okay. Wow. Okay, that's so exciting. And have you got a name for the restaurant yet? Um, no, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated. We're tossing between these two names. And we, no, we weren't arguing, but I'm like, dude, we should do it like this. And he's like, no, 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 it should be like this. But then we'll see. <laughs> well, we can we can help you decide if you want. Yes, to be continued. But um, All right. Yeah. So how are you feeling about that? Do you feel like you've had enough adventure? Yeah, that's the thing as well. And I, I felt like when, because before I left, him and I were like actually talking about it. And I'm like, he's like, no, you're going to come back and we're going to do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure, man, because maybe I want to stay in you for a bit, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when the opportunity came and he's like, okay, there's this space, this and that, and we should do it. I'm like, maybe it's the right time because it just feels right, you know, for me. Like normally I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not sure. But then I was like, I think I should do it now because... I've kind of like done what I wanted to do, you know. It's not that long, like five, six months I've been away, but for me, I think I've done it like in my head. And then, yeah, like I think this thing is just a great opportunity to be like, okay, like um, design the restaurant, like do the menu, hire the staff, like 
um, help with the wine list, the kind of do the wine list, do the cocktails, everything, you know, from from scratch kind of thing. So, which I've always wanted to do. So I think, yes, yeah, definitely gonna gonna happen. So that's really exciting. Well, congratulations. I think it's really, you know, it's really interesting this idea. You know, you said well, Bulgaria. You know, it's not Rome, it's not Paris, but I think everywhere's got its own interest and and its own expertise, its own characters, its own story. And I feel like you can probably, when you when you want those sort of key experiences that are going to develop you as a person, it's like you can you can always get them anywhere. Yes, exactly. And I think it's about the person that's traveling because it's sometimes it's weird for me when people go to places and they always say like, no, nah, I didn't have a great time. Like this place is boring and no, like for me, I disagree, and I think you have you need to have a, you know, a, like a like a mindset that you go there and like, kind of yeah, I don't know. I've got this thing. I'll go, I'll go anywhere and be like, I'll be down to do anything and like kind of you know you have to be adaptable. Yeah, I'm the same. I just feel like everywhere's a great adventure because everywhere's got people who are going to be amazing and. Yeah, they're going to care about food. It's going to there's going to be delicious stuff you can find there. Um yeah. Yeah, you don't need to go to the iconic places. No, exactly like yeah, like yeah, like you know, Sofia has like so many like amazing things to do. Like I still haven't been to like the mountains here. Like the mountain here is like a like a 10-15 minute drive. I think I'm trying to get there next week, you know. Oh my god, you just brought back you just brought back a memory for me. <laughs> I got taken up. Oh my god! Oh, I just you just I just had two terrible memories. So what? So there was snow when I was there, and we went up the mountains. Like I was friends with this Bulgarian guy. I used to live in Holland, and I met this Bulgarian refugee who was who was back and forth between Bulgaria and Holland. Anyway, he was in Bulgaria when I was there, and he was like an excellent person. His name's George. He's not with us anymore, but um, he took me on some really crazy adventures one of them was up a mountain where the idea was that we would ski down but I don't know there was some <laughs> there were no skis so we ended up coming down this mountain on pieces of cardboard using them as sleds and it was highly dangerous and scary uh, you could pick up a lot of speed on these bits of cardboard and then there was like trees and rocks and anyway I'm still alive <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, the other thing that I just remembered is uh, <laughs> we were hitchhiking around the mountains. It was freezing cold and somehow we ended up staying at this farmhouse um, and it was all really weird. It just felt like maybe there was a dead body in the cupboard or something. And um, I got up really early in the, <laughs> in the morning. I'd learned a bit of Bulgarian. I love trying to learn languages and yeah, so I learned a bit of Bulgarian, definitely just enough to get me in trouble. I got up early in the morning, went for a walk and saw two dogs having sex and it looked like they were, it looked really, it looked like they got stuck um, and it was a really, it looked like a really terrible situation. And so I w ran back to the farmhouse and in my really insufficient Bulgarian tried to explain this situation about the <laughs> stuck dogs. I had to use a lot of uh, charades and hand gestures. It was very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> anyway, the dogs apparently is just what it was like and they were fine. Um, and then, yeah, we got out of there, hitchhiked along our merry way. So I wish you similar adventures in the Bulgarian mountains, Russ. 
Oh man, I, I've done some. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've got so many crazy stories. It cannot be uh, said on the podcast for sure. <laughs> but the mountain thing, yeah. I'm excited. We'll make sure there's skis at the top, and uh, yeah, take take a bottle of water. Yeah, I think could be there might be a chance it might snow if I go next week. Maybe we'll see because it's yeah, it's just getting cold here. Like this week's amazing, the weather's amazing, but next week looks fucking real cold, man. So right. Oh well, take take a jacket um, or somehow warm yourself up from the inside. I'm sure I'm sure you'll be fine. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I just bought a thick jacket here just for here. I'm like, yeah, I have to. <laughs> um, what do you think it'll be like to come back to Melbourne? Uh, I mean, it, it'd be weird, I'm sure, because, like, the last, yeah, four months have been, like, um, me waking up and, you know, kind of like, oh, like, I have to work here. Like, sometimes I, like, catch myself, like, something I can't believe I'm here, you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird feeling. Um, and the last four or five months have been hanging out with, you know, the same people, the same crew, but it'd be super sad to leave, man. Like, the people that I've hosted here and that that I've met here have been like amazing, you know? So it's like, I know I'm going to be super broken when I leave and like, I'm going to be like a bit depressed at least a week back in Melbourne for sure, you know, but obviously it'd be great to see family, you know, friends, you guys, and um, enjoy the the third summer for the year for me if I get back. So yeah, because I, I left like, yeah, I, I spent summer there and then I got here with summer. And then, yeah, if I go back around January, it'd be summer, so. Um, well, Melbourne's feeling pretty good at the moment, but you know what you should do is, is bring all your Bulgarian crew back here so that they can staff your restaurant because, you know, there's, like, no no workers here. It's not even a joke. Like, yeah, they, they're all like, yeah, we're coming we're coming with you. Bojana, the, 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 she's hosting me. She's like, yeah, I'm going to come see you. I'm going to miss you. We're going to miss each other. So we're going to come see you. I'm like, come anytime when, when, it, when, it's, uh, when it's open, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we need need those working holiday visas um, coming back. Yeah, I heard that it's really really hard to get staff at the moment. I, I knew, I know it's been hard before, but now it's harder. Everyone says it's never been never been this bad before. Yeah, because I've, I've I've spoken to Shane and like a friend of mine from Sydney, and he said that it's like it's so hard to get staff. Like even interviews, that like people don't rock up and stuff, and it's yeah, pretty disappointing. Mm. Um, well, if you didn't already have a restaurant to go to, you could, yeah, you could have your pick of jobs. But anyway, oh, well, doing your own thing. Um, Ross, I really hope you enjoy the rest of your time in Europe. Um, it's so great to catch up with you. And, yeah, I cannot wait to visit your mysterious unnamed restaurant in the city in January. It sounds super exciting. Cannot wait. We'll talk about it more when I'm, when I'm ready. We're ready with the, with the thing. So Yeah, awesome. All right. Take care and talk soon. Bye. Thanks, Danny. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.